0: We've been working through our series called The Gift for a King. We're finishing up this Sunday and we've been asking the question, what gift could we give to Jesus this Christmas? We've talked about Mary's gift of submission and service, but we also talked about the shepherd's gift of faith and belief. The message of Jesus' birth was not only for those who were Jewish, however. This message would spread quickly through God's miraculous work in the stars. Joseph and Mary did not stay in the stable, the manger area, forever. Those traveling for the census who traveled to Bethlehem would go back home. But Joseph and Mary, we know, decided to stay in Bethlehem for a time. We're not sure how long. We don't know how long they were there. They traveled to Bethlehem for the census. Maybe they had family there that they were traveling. And now that Jesus had been born, they decide to settle there and get some help from their family with their new baby. The young Mary had her hands full as she's a new mom and a new wife, trying to figure out all the tasks she needs to do. Joseph, as a carpenter, I'm sure had plenty of work to do in Bethlehem and nearby Jerusalem. So they settled there for a while. They had a good life and they enjoyed their time together as a family. And sometimes at night they would look out in the sky. And remember that time when Jesus was born, when the shepherds came to visit, the story of the angels proclaiming who Jesus is. Joseph comes home one day and he tells Mary, I've heard that there were some magi visiting the king." News spreads quickly in small communities, as you guys probably are aware of. The Magi had stopped in nearby Jerusalem, which is just five miles. You can walk there in an hour and a half. To question Herod and find out if he knew anything about this new king. The story was all the buzz in Bethlehem. The Magi's caravan was quite expansive. We believe there were at least three. We don't know how many, though. Some of the facts of how it's listed that it disturbed King Herod and all of Jerusalem we'll read about this morning. That makes many people believe that it was quite large. Camels, donkeys, horses the amount of supplies they'd carry with them. If, if they were rich, which we believe they were because of the gifts they gave, they probably had servants that traveled with them, and they might have been taking animals. It was quite the expansive caravan. The last thing Joseph had heard was that they were making their way to Bethlehem, following a star... It was to indicate there was a new king that had been born. And maybe Joseph and Mary thought, well, maybe they're coming here. Maybe they knew they were coming there. Maybe they had no idea. Now, most of that is not found in the Bible, but it's ideas of what could have happened from what we see here in the text. This morning, we're going to look at the gift of honor Honoring the King. We're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 1 through 12. If you have your copy of God's Word, I encourage you, whether it's digital or hard copy, feel free to open to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, or magi from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. They departed to their own country by another way. These wise men, these magi, come to honor the new king that had been born. They are expecting to find a baby or a young child. They know what they're going to see. God chooses to communicate to these astrologers, those who study the stars, his message by a mode of communication that they would understand. How did he do that? I don't know. But he chose to give them The fact that a king had been born. They they were mapping the stars and there was a star that appeared that signified there was a new king. Now we don't really map the stars anymore, at least I don't. Um, I'm sure there are some out there that do. But they were in those days, they saw stars as signifying different things. So they see this star that appears and they know that a new king has been born. It's much like Paul reminds us in the book of Romans. He says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. In the things that have been made, it's much like this text. In the stars that were created, God is sending a message. God is revealing truth to them through the things that have been made. The wise men see the stars and they begin their travels. Now, we don't know much about the wise men, but we know they traveled quite possibly a far distance coming from the east. We don't know how many of them there were, but we do know they came to honor the king. So there's some ways that they came and honored the king. The first is that they showed desire to honor. They show desire to honor. There's speculation of where these wise men came from. Some say they might have come from Persia or China or Ethiopia or even Arabia, but it's all just speculation. We don't know. We know that they're observers of the sky. We know that they're a group of scholars who studied the stars, and something that they observed tells them a new king has been born. They not only that a new king has been born, but it's a new king who would rule over Israel. So something specific in that sends them to Israel. And of course, once they get to Israel, they go to the capital, Jerusalem, to inquire of where this new king might be. The wise men come prepared to worship. They bring expensive gifts. Some of those destinations I told you about, some of them are speculated because that's where some of these come from. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. But they could have as easily bought them to bring with them, so we do not know. They travel a far distance from Jerusalem. But the star that they had seen led them there. There's indications that the star disappears and they don't see it again until after they talked to Herod. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen. See the past tense there? When it rose went before went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So there's indications that the star, they saw it at first, said we're going to to Jerusalem to find this king, to Israel. The star goes away, and then after they talk to Herod, the star comes back to point them to Bethlehem. These are the first... Gentiles who come to worship Jesus as Messiah and King. See, God's message is already being taken beyond the Jewish people. I don't know about you, but if you've ever walked into a bakery, (laughs) there's an aroma you walk in and smell the aroma and all of a sudden, whatever you went in there for has now expanded to everything that you're smelling. The cookies, the pies, the cakes, the bread, all of these delicacies and you have a desire. These wise men saw a star and they had a desire to go and worship the king secondly the way the magi honor the king is they take actions to honor the king they take actions to honor the king the magi take actions to travel to pack to go this distance, to bring gifts, that bring them to Jesus to worship him. But there's a contrast in this text with two other individuals. One is the chief priests and the scribes who knew where the Messiah was to be born and These magi come to them telling them the Messiah has been born. And yet nowhere in any recorded text do we read that they went to visit Jesus. They told Herod that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem of Judea for so it is written And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They knew where he was to be born, but they ignored him. Beyond the chief priests and scribes is Herod. Now, uh, Herod, we know from historical accounts, was a great builder. He was a good organizer. But from a historical point of view, uh, we also know his dynasty was riddled with tyranny and insecurity and suspicion. So the Magi come to Jerusalem, the capital, and they go in search of a new king. And somehow they're able to go before King Herod. Not everybody was allowed to go before a king. I have a feeling that that's part of, they had a large entourage. They drew attention coming into the city and they got an audience with the king. In order to ask him where this new king had been born. Herod secretly inquires of them what, is, what exactly is happening, trying to get information about when the baby might have been born. You think, oh, he does just want to go worship this king. His heart is good. But then in verse 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise man, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under according to the time that he'd ascertained from the wise men. So we guess that this would be up to two years later that these wise men came. We don't know. But Herod wanted to find the baby to kill him. To protect his throne. He wanted to make sure that his reign would continue on as long as possible. And that the news of a new king, of a baby being born who would be king over the people of Israel, was a threat to his continued rule. The Magi give up their time, energy, resources, and wealth in order to travel to worship this new king. Warren Wiersbe says this, the Magi were seeking the king, Herod was opposing the king, and the Jewish priests were ignoring the king. These priests knew the scriptures and pointed others to the Savior, but they would not go to worship him themselves. They would completely miss it. we often can find ourselves within the biblical stories. Maybe you're like the Magi who is seeking to honor the King, thinking about what gifts you can bring to offer. But all of us, our hearts can turn from that and we can be like the scribes and Pharisees who get too busy too caught up in what we normally do and not travel the five miles to go and worship the king. Some of us at times even resemble Herod. We have our plans. We want our things to take place. We have every little duck in a row and we just want to travel this path. And we don't like it when anything gets in our way even if it's something that God is placing in our way. So we get mad and angry, upset when anybody or anything gets in our way. Maybe you find yourself relating to one of those characters. So who do you relate to in this story? Is it the magi who honor the king The Jewish priests who ignore the king or Herod who is trying to destroy the king. Final way the Magi honor the king. They bring gifts to honor. If you notice at the beginning, verse 11, it says, And going into the house they saw the child With Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. What was the first thing? They didn't bring the gifts in first thing. They saw the child and they knew. They worshipped. They prostrated themselves before them and just bowed down. Worshipping the king. As Cindy mentioned, the one who was the true king. They fell down and worshipped him. It's only after they worship that they present the family with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Looking back on Jesus' birth, life, and death, many have found symbolism in these gifts. Gold can represent kingship. It's a gift worthy of a king. Frankincense was used in the temple. Continually being a fragrance lifted to God. And so it has a key of a priestly nature. And then there's myrrh. Used for embalming the dead. Michael Green in his commentary says this. Gold is the gift fit for a king. And the king in baby clothes was there. Frankincense was in constant use by the priests in the temple and the ultimate priest, the one who was to make the final reconciliation between God and humankind laid before them. Myrrh was used to embalm the dead. The man born to be king was the man born to die. In those three gifts, we see who he is, what he came to do, and what it cost him whether the Magi had any idea of the symbolism that was there, God used their gifts to show that we had the promised king who would reign for eternity, the promised high priest who would offer a sacrifice for all time, and the promised Messiah who is the only one who can restore our relationship with God. We've been asking the question, what gifts can we offer Jesus during the Christmas season? There are many ways we can choose to honor Jesus, just much like the Magi. I think first it starts with our hearts bowing down to worship him, placing him in his true place of authority. But offering Jesus our gift shouldn't stop at the end of December. I read a a devotional this week. And it was talking, uh, the guy said his family was putting away their manger scene and they couldn't find the baby Jesus. And he said his son remarked, it's like Jesus doesn't want to go back in the box. Well, the fact is, we can't just package Jesus up and put him away for the whole year and bring him out in December. Jesus is here for the whole year for us to worship him. In the next couple of weeks, many might be making New Year's resolutions. So you can ask yourself, how will you choose to honor Jesus in the year ahead? In what ways can you show him honor? As we go through 2022, the Magi chose to honor him with their desire and their actions and their gifts. And so will your desire cause you to take actions that demonstrate the way you want to honor Christ as Lord of your life? Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that as your church, we would find ways to honor you, whether it be individually or corporately as a body. God, I pray that we would first Offer our hearts to you, offer our minds. Your word says we're to love you with all of our heart, soul, minds, and strength. Every piece of us. God, help us to honor you. God, as we fall. As we make mistakes. God, honoring you is asking for forgiveness. Honoring you is restoring that relationship. God, I pray through the year ahead, we might be able to honor you through Old ways honor you through new ways and just seek to please you in everything we do. We pray this in Jesus' name.